listening to This Hong Kong Life, a podcast of stories and conversations with everyday youth across Hong Kong. Every week, we bring you episodes that reflect the unique bilingual nature of our city's culture, sharing the voices and thoughts of young people growing up and living in the city we call home. Hi, guys, and welcome to season two of This Hong Kong Life. Uh, We're very excited because it's our summer season, and our theme, obviously, because it's summer, we are going to be talking about My Summer Vibes. How do we normally use our vacation, our times off, uh, what have we learned, experienced, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Today, to start off uh, with the show, we have our very first guest, and her name is Sumi. Sumi, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And you are our very first guest of this season. Um, oh, wow. Yes. Um, yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Sumi. I am a Nepalese born and raised in Hong Kong. And I, scra- I graduated from University of Hong Kong a year ago. And right now, I am working as a project manager in a social enterprise in Hong Kong, uh, also focusing on like Providing accessible and affordable education to the marginalized groups in Hong Kong. I'm starting in August, so super excited for that. Oh, that's cool. And is this your first job uh, coming out of university or it's a new gig that you're doing? So I was teaching for a year, uh, but then it was very irregular. And because of, you know, everything that's happening around, um, like I had a lot of gaps in between. So it was more like a very on and off on and off kind of thing and then I just ran into this job opportunity like I think a month ago and I was like yes I'm gonna work on this so yeah Yeah, that's that's, how I got here that's really cool I mean like everybody right now who are graduating this year are kind of freaking out because yeah there's no jobs it's so hard to find so really amazing that you got one last month congratulations thank you I'm really lucky actually (laughs) were you born in Hong Kong your parents you know were your parents born here as well um so my mom was born here but uh she spent all of her life in nepal and um yeah and then they came to hong kong with my brother and then i was born here but again i went back to nepal for i think two or three years when i was really young and then came here i think primary three yeah and then i've been here since then i see so so you're actually i mean would you call yourself a second third generation or first generation nepalese hong konger Technically, I feel like considering that my grandparents were also here, technically, I would want to say third generation. But if you're really looking at it uh, from a logical perspective, then I would say first generation because or actually maybe second generation, because I guess I'm the first one who got to really grow up here with the culture. Right. Like your mom kind of went back to Nepal, didn't she? Yeah, and they came here in their, I think, mid-20s. Mm. So they already had their own identity, right? But then for me, like growing up here, I formed my own identity that was yeah. a little bit different from, like, I guess, my family. Yeah, and what, is, what yeah. does that look like for you, you know, yeah. growing up here? So I like to use this term uh, sandwich generation. I don't even know if <laughs> that's like that. a proper thing. That's but cool. You, you can term it. <laughs> okay. I, I coined it. Yeah. <laughs> 2020 by Sumi. <laughs> um, so sandwich generation in the sense that I do feel strongly about, I guess, my parents' generation, the culture, the family tradition, the Nepalese culture. Mm. But at the same time, I also strongly feel about 
um, what came after them. So basically, I don't know if I should call it the Hong Kong culture or just like more of a um, more of like international culture. Mm, uh, I like feel like there's here in the city. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. And there's a fine balance between it. Of course, it has its challenges, you know, the ideological differences, mindset, the values and stuff. But I like to see it as a privilege because I can see both sides. And, mm. you know, I can like take the best things out of the both worlds and then kind of combine it. Mm. So, yeah. That's really cool. I mean, yeah. I think that, you know, the benefits of, you know, sometimes growing up in a different culture as your mm -hmm. parents is that, you know, you get to have a bit more diversity at home. But at the yeah. same time, it also means that you guys come from different perspectives, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So Are you there... get to like, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. You just get to like see things from both an outsider and an insider perspectives, uh, no matter which community I'm looking at, either Nepalese community or like the Hong Kong community. So yeah, it's 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 interesting. So how would you sum up what the Nepalese Hong Kong community looks like? Ooh, I, <laughs> is that a big question? Um, I just don't know where to start. All right, Maybe well, well, let's start with like, for example, you know, well, what's your last name? Uh, my last name is Gurung. Okay, so, so that's a, there's I I mean, from our work with, at Kelly, we we meet yeah. a lot of young people from ethnic minority backgrounds who are whose last names are Gurung. So does that mean that there's a huge Gurung family actually that are here in Hong Kong? Um, so basically, it's a very strongly tied community. Uh, like especially for gurungs because it's such a large group in Hong Kong and even mm -hmm. back in Nepal actually but especially mm -hmm. in Hong Kong because uh, when the British army was recruited and brought to Hong Kong a lot of them were uh, gurungs so there is like a lot of family gurung families living in Hong Kong and for the gurung people their caste like their identity as a gurung is very very strong I see um, yeah I mean like it's kind of extreme to be honest but uh i guess what good comes out of it is that there's that community support mm. so let's say for example if somebody got into university from one of the growing families right like oh my my son got into university then the entire community will like congratulate them and honor them like in a gathering or something wow that's so, really yeah. cool so tell us a little bit like how what did you study when you're in university and you know did, did your family have a lot to do with what you studied i went to this school called poland and poland college and in in my high school years i really liked writing and just reading books um and i was like i didn't really know exactly what i wanted to take in university but then for some reason the HQU journalism course sounded so ideal to me so I think since form four I knew that that's where I wanted to go and um, yeah my my school like really prepped us so hard for the HQDSC and my parents were super supportive about it as well and yeah for four years we I did HQU journalism I learned a lot of um, video editing interviewing skills and just you know like how to become like a people person so yeah it was great definitely the best four years of my life oh that's really cool so tell me when you got into university what happened <laughs> first of all I kind of screamed to myself <laughs> when I first saw the result Cause, yeah um yeah because my brother and I we are also the first ones uh to get into university 
Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Like my family all, um, I think they stopped their education after secondary. Mm. Um, Yeah, my mom couldn't study as well because like she had my brother. So my entire family, like we have a big family, but entire family, nobody got into uni or college before. So this was a pretty big deal for us. Mm, Um, Sure. Yeah, I was just really grateful. Like Mm -hmm. even until now, like I have to pinch myself sometimes. Like, (laughs) wow, like I got to experience so much through these four years. Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, super grateful for like everything that's happened. Yeah. So did, did, was there a party thrown in Uh, your honor? (laughs) I mean, yeah, like my, my dad's part of the community, like the, I guess the committee and stuff. Okay. So they invited our families sometimes like they would be like, oh, let's congratulation our daughter, blah, blah, blah. Like that's because that was like also a big deal for them. Mm. Um, really grateful for that. But yeah, it's, good to see that there are more younger people who are going after their dreams and actually valuing education um so I wouldn't say like I'm the only special one Mm. but I'm just grateful to be part of this generation who's slowly making it into you know the university life or like just making their dreams come true yeah, no, absolutely. And just like even hearing you say earlier that, you know, even by the time you were in Form 4, you kind of had an idea of where you were going to go, what you wanted to do, and yeah. that, that you were able to get into university and actually be able to pursue that. Like, that's really quite incredible because, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we talk about, you know, young people having dreams and whether or not they're able to follow them. I feel like, yeah. you know, it sounds like you are certainly somebody who was able to do that somehow made it yeah <laughs> somehow graduated last year yeah so to all of yeah. those out there you know who are in form four and trying to figure out you know whether or not you can follow your dreams uh Sumi is a great example that you know you can definitely do what's oh, the secret sauce you. you know did you utilize your summers is that is that the secret sauce <laughs> oh my god you should see how miserable I was now I'm just kidding um because <laughs> The thing is, our school is, they heavily emphasized on academics. I remember the first day of Form 6, my class teacher came into the room and he's like, you guys have no more time to waste. This is now or never. And I got so freaked out that me and my friend, we ran into the library in the recess and like signed up for the study room just to like, (laughs) yeah. And then I think we gave up our phones. I was using this really um, crappy Nokia phone for a year (laughs) just to like not distract myself. Oh, Um, that's dedication. You put away your smartphone and got a Nokia one so that you can concentrate I don't know where I got that power from back then but to be honest I think it was fear as well because I did have expectations on myself and my family as well so for me it was almost like yeah as my teacher said now or never that's how it turned out Sumi it sounds like a lot of pressure as well isn't it yeah it's good and bad no actually it's Mm -hmm. mostly good because before I used to see that as like kind of stressful Mm -hmm. and And sometimes even now, like I still feel stressed and a little bit pressurized. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like, you know, my parents, the the reason why they have these expectations on me is that so that I can have a better life Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to, I guess, go the same path as they did because Mm -hmm. they didn't have a choice, but I have a choice right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, you know, with our theme this year, and thank you so yeah. much for sharing all of that. But yeah, uh, no with our theme this year with summers, um, what's your favorite summer memory that you have in the last four years? I have, oh my God, I have like three. 
Oh, okay. Go uh, ahead, but I'll be very quick. Yeah. So first year of uni, I went for a service trip to Nepal. And that was really cool because I've never lived in a village in Nepal, even though I am from Nepal. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite detached from like, I guess, the community mm-hmm. in Nepal. But it was really cool to see like, just live like one of the locals and be part of the family. Yeah, that was that was really grateful. Like I just felt so grateful, like after that experience. Second one was going on exchange. I went to the States for exchange. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that I even like got out of Asia on my own, you know, like so far away from home. Oh, and that was the, f- yeah, that was the first time I saw like what's actually out there in the world. Yeah, again, super, super thankful for it. And it was the best five months of my life. Finally, grad trip to Thailand. Mm. It yeah. sounds like a lot of your experiences during the summer is around travel. Actually, yeah. <laughs> All three of your significant, like, favorite yeah. moments have been around travel. Um, do you do you think there's something special around you know being able to get out of Hong Kong? And you know, you mentioned that you're really grateful about the experience. Um, what's mm-hmm. something that you really saw out of being out of Hong Kong and on those trips to different places? Because I think until that first service trip, I didn't travel at all. The only places I went to were like Nepal just to visit my family, and then I went to Singapore once. But I guess. Because I never saw myself as a traveling person, but maybe from within, subconsciously, I was trying to like find opportunities to travel. So everything just came out from like the university chances, like grad trip, service trip, oh, not grad trip, service trip and the exchange. And I think being out of Hong Kong or because I grew up pretty sheltered with my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was quite, you know, kind of shy person. Mm. But going out of Hong Kong and just meeting new people and experiences, experiencing different cultures, it just shows you that the world is so much bigger. You know, whatever you knew about yourself or whatever you knew about just the world or your environment, there's so much more out there and you just need to push yourself out of your comfort zone yeah I feel like I saw so many new things and it just made me want to I guess strive to become better or strive to achieve higher yeah Um, that's pretty cool I mean it's almost like I mean you you kind of mentioned earlier you know you also felt like growing up in Hong Kong you saw a very international side but I guess you know when you left Hong Kong did you feel even more international um coming back or you know how did that did that shift how you viewed Hong Kong for exchange I feel like anybody who's been to the states they know that whatever you see in the movies like it's exactly the same Um, yeah I was like come on it can't be that wild but then it's like it's exactly what they portray in movies so anyways do you mean how large the supermarkets are oh Walmart oh my god I spent so many days (laughs) going to Target and Walmart and the frat parties but let's not go there um yeah we'll we'll talk about that another time (laughs) but yeah just meeting people from like different places because all of them are exchange students and just being out there yeah it just made me want to find even more stuff but then at the same time it kind of makes you grateful when you come back home like to hong kong because it's like okay that was a great experience so how can i make those learning applicable here as a person or like just in my community or where i know that i can make a difference yeah. Um, so yeah, I love that reflection that at the end of the day that you'd want to come home, you know, and make a difference here. It's really cool to see, you know, um, the more young people that I talk to, I think it's, yeah. um, it's really signature for this generation of a desire to want to give back, the desire to want to have mm-hmm. an impact, you know, in the society yeah. that they live in. Sumi, are you involved in anything now? I mean, I know that you, you're pretty active in your job, but, um, are you involved in anything in the community at the moment? 
Uh, yeah, so when I was in year one of university, mm-hmm. uh, my friends and I, we, we got together and then we started this NGO called Junes Hong Kong. Yeah, what so does June stand for anything? <laughs> Initially, it did. We saw that, you know, like, because different universities, they have those inter-uni groups and stuff like Danso or, yeah, yeah stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah we noticed that there wasn't a Nepalese society, inter-uni Nepalese society for the students mm-hmm. in Hong I Kong. See. I see. Yeah, I guess we know why because there's very few students in the university itself. Yeah. But then, yeah, we just got together and then we were like, why don't we make this happen? So we started Ooh. that in 2016. Mm-hmm. So we had some fun stuff like fundraising activities, or some networking, like gatherings, just to get the Nepalese students know each other mm. or, you know, provide like a better guidance for the upcoming generation. Right. And then we got registered in 2018. So now we're official. Yay. <laughs> oh, great. So how many Nepalese students are there enrolled in universities now? I don't know the exact number, but for HKU, when I graduated, I think overall it would be around around 30. Okay. That's yeah. pretty significant number. I mean, I mean, that's just one university, right? Yeah, yeah, like compared to before, like every year you see a few more people coming up and, you know, it's, it's, it's slow, but it's steady. And I yeah. think it's a progress. Yeah, that's great. And like the, yeah. the mission for June, uh, what are you guys hoping to do or with Nepalese students? So our principle or our, I guess our guiding mo- motto is empower, educate and evolve. So we, whatever we organize, like educational workshops, like, you know, um, post DSC, what, what to do after your HKDSC mm-hmm. or, um, like other skills-based activities like we have trivia bash we have some other workshops and stuff we want to use these kind of opportunities to give to the Nepalese students in order for them to feel empowered and to know that just because you come from a certain socioeconomic background doesn't mean that you know you don't deserve all the facilities and the resources that are out there because like even for myself I guess my parents were super supportive in terms of like emotional support, yeah. but um, there were there was only so much that they could do in terms of resources. So I guess I was very fortunate to have a school that you know took care of that. So a lot of the Nepalese families, the parents itself, they still have uh, limited knowledge about the resources and the yeah. accessibility. Yeah. So that's what we try to push forward for, so that the students they know that can I deserve this or I'm worth it. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Actually, it's so inspiring to hear that guys self organized and started this initiative now at proper registered NGO to really serve other young people like yourselves um yeah and like, like to me that's super inspiring I mean it's also one of the reasons why I work for Kelly because mm. Kelly also stands for something <laughs> yeah <laughs> because when we first started in the early 90s Kelly was actually set up by a group of young people as well and then 30 years later we're, yeah. we're still here and we're serving young people and encouraging young people through peer support yeah. um, and that's opportunities awesome. I'm really excited to hear about June's Hong Kong and I hope you guys We'll reach your thirtieth year at some point. That's the goal. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So as we wrap, um, hey, thank you so much. Like you've been really yeah, inspiring. Nice. It's really so cool to hear about your personal journey and also just to hear about some of the work that you're doing in the community today. Do you have any last words for any young people out there who are listening? Um, in maybe in particular to those young Nepalese guys and girls who are out there. Um, any last words? Any encouragement for them? Know your self worth. You may be. A 
get a situation where you feel like you don't deserve certain things or you don't deserve that kind of success or that kind of achievements in life, but you have it in you. Everybody's capable of improvement, constant improvement and look out for one another, reach out for support. There's always going to be somebody to listen to you and there's always going to be somebody who wants to give a hand to you. So don't be afraid to reach out. As cheesy as it sounds, like you can do it. You've got potential. You you can definitely do it and do not let your background or do not let your socioeconomic circumstances stop mm-hmm. you from where you want to be in life yeah those, yes, that, is, that was super yeah. powerful thank you so much yeah. for sharing that and on that note thank you for joining us today Lee, you know everything that you guys are doing at june's and also good luck mm-hmm. with your new job thank you for for being on our show we'll see you thank next you time. for having me here and i'm Thanks. really glad that this you know this podcast is there to give a voice to like other um i guess younger people who are also striving for something in the community not just Nephilim, you know, but like, it's great to see that there's people from like every path of life yeah, fighting no, for cool. something. Yeah. We are excited for this new season and just to hear what everybody is doing and times. just to hear different stories as well. So thank you for joining us. No worries. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. This Hong Kong Life is an initiative of Kelly Support Group. We are a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in Hong Kong. If you liked the show, please subscribe and get two new episodes every week. We would love to hear from you, so nominate yourself or a friend to share next. Leave us a message or drop us a note at hklife at kely.org. That's hongkonglife at kelly.org. See you next time.